Hey, uh, if you haven't met me yet, I'm Hal Santos, and I appreciate you being here and those folks that are watching online. God bless you. Welcome to the Christian uh, Center Church here in, am I saying it right, Homosasa. Homosasa. I've been here several times. I should have it down by now and an address here when it's all said. But at Homosasa. What are you having for breakfast? Homosasa. There's this... That's, a, that's kind of a cool name. You don't forget it? All that kind of thing. It is really good to be here. And once again, what a wonderful job. I asked your uh, worship leader, what time do they get here to practice? And she said, 8 o'clock. There you have the sound people that are here. And they do a great job. And no one ever really appreciates the sound people until somebody squeaks the mic like I did by turning it on too fast. <laughs> But you really appreciate all these folks with the worship team and the sound folks, whoever helps with sound. Would you stand? Thank you very much. Stand. Let us bless you with a hand of applause. Come on, the worship team. There they are. Thank you. I know you do it unto the Lord. All of us know you're doing it unto the Lord. But you're really doing it for us to be blessed and touched and ministered to and for God to keep doing something creatively new within us. Those that are watching online, thank you for being here. As it's been said, Pastor Jason and Leah are off, taking some time off. And you have a couple here, along with their kids, that go after their kids wide open, go after what God's called them to do wide open, and it's good for them to be back and kind of notch it down a little bit. I, as you know, was the youth minister for Leah whenever she was a little girl. And uh, her and her sister, who to this day I still can't tell them apart, is that uh, they were so much fun and creative. And you didn't know whether you're getting it from Leah or Lori, or Lori or Leah, but you know what it was? It was always good. It was always intense, and it's always with smiling. And so we really appreciate Miss Leah. Pastor Jason, what a wonderful guy. He's a Buckeye fan, which makes him really good. But he's... Uh, just a wonderful guy, very sincere, very loving, very nonstop, very busy kind of guy. You all have a wonderful team here, and thank you to the elders and the leadership team here to uh, encourage us to come and speak and be a part of this church. And uh, we, uh, our daughter lives now in uh, Palm Harbor, and so that's a little closer, so we get to visit you guys. Whenever we're coming through, Pam and I right now are doing minister to minister. It is, we pastored the same church for right at 38 years in east of St. Louis over in Illinois in Fairview Heights, Illinois, Grace Church. The pastor now is outstanding there. Pastor Ben and his wife Michelle, outstanding people, outstandingly godly people and doing a really great job in our whole, we transition to transformation, not just transition, but it is for it to keep getting better and better and better. We want things to be infinite and not finite. And so when uh, we now are ministering to pastors and their wives, ministers and their lives, ministries and their uh, group and their leadership, so you, you all are a big part of what we are a part of. I appreciate my granddaughter sharing. Here we see the story that takes place that Jesus starts sharing about that really is three principles, three secrets here that we're going to be sharing. Three secrets to tell about what it takes when we are really seeking the Lord to do something new within our life and to do something that is uh, benevolent, do something that is new and exciting, do something that challenges us and makes us look to Him. It, it comes nestled right here, right after the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the be happy, be blessed attitudes, or the lifestyle to be. 
He says in Matthew chapter 5, where he talks about for everyone, when it really comes down to it, it's about the kingdom living, the kingdom life within you. Matthew then, chapter 6, he picks it up with a very unique three things that he comes out and says that Remy shared already. He talks about giving, he talks about praying, and he talks about fasting. All three are painful. All three take sacrifice. All three are the fuel in the body of Christ, individually and collectively. And that is giving, praying, and fasting. What time do you all usually get out? Because I want to make sure you get out of here for your lunch meal. Since we're talking about fasting, don't want you to get too convicted. But that's the last point. That's the last point. When we look at the challenge of the secret power or the manifested power, the power that God works within us, these three different scriptures really challenge us and work something deep within us that really could come no other way. When we think about how God wants to do something deep within us, it'll come back to, have you been fasting? Have you been praying? Have you been giving? And when we talk about giving, it's not limited to, to money, although where your heart is, that's where your treasure's at. But when we look at this first one, I'm going to use all three of them. When we look at this first one out of Matthew 6, 1 through 4, when you give, he gives this principle and he says to us in a very practical way, verse 4, that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself, himself reward you openly. He will. It is the secret place. The place where we let the conviction of the Holy Spirit work within us something new. I have a conviction about tithing, not just a preference. I have a conviction about tithing. It's not by guilt. No one should ever give because of guilt. It should be by conviction. It is giving by conviction is more than giving. We should never get out of shame. Shame on you. You didn't give. No, it's about a conviction. When he talks about giving here, he's not saying to us that you should be giving because you have to. No, you, we get to give because we get to. Turn to somebody and say, be a get-to giver. The beauty of it is, it is the hole where your treasure is. That's where your love for God is. I remember, as I shared with you the last time I was here, when I shared a couple Sundays when... Uh, the, the Hanks were on vacation, taking some time off. When I talked about who's going to be a rope holder, does anybody still have their piece of rope that we gave out as a bookmarker? God bless you. God bless you. I still keep it as a bookmarker, my old Bible here. The other day, just a side note, I was with Remy, and she said to me, Popsy, when I go to college, can I have your old Bible? I said, you sure can. She's in the fifth grade. It already looks like somewhat has been run over in the parking lot. But she leaves me with a challenge. I need to keep writing more notes in there. So that whenever she goes through something, you look, that's just a side note. Be ready to give your heart to your kids. As I challenged you when I was here the last time, to get your Bible and start writing notes to your children. So you can give those Bibles to them. Start now to give it to them next Christmas for Christmas. That they are, well, they're only six, they're only seven. That's okay. Start writing them out. One guy in our church said, Pastor, I'm not married yet. I'm starting to write a Bible for my wife-to-be. He said, I'm not even dating anybody at this time. He started writing down what he wants her to know. Then he said, I'm going to start one next year for my first child. 
my second child. I said, hold it. You might want to consult with this person you haven't met yet. (laughs) But when we start reading it through, my grandson challenging him this year, I got him a one-year Bible to read through the one-year Bible and to call him to check on him. But if he's like me, he probably will start and restart that about four times already this year, and I'm making up for lost time. Anybody started reading the Bible first year and had to restart several times? Can I see some saints in here? Thank you. But when he talks about giving, it's more than just a financial thing. That is a heartbeat of it. That's a, it but it becomes by conviction. Psalm 96, 8. He says, give to the glory of God in his name. Bring your offering. Come to his courts with praise. Giving is, here's a word in honor. Honor is waiting. Honor is value. I value what the Lord gives. Yes, he does. Slip right under the Beatitudes. Giving, prayer, and fasting. Giving, prayer, and fasting. Giving, prayer, and fasting. He brings this and he puts it right there very boldly because tithing isn't what we take. It's what we give unto the Lord. It is actually worship. He is more than able. At what point in my life did I determine that God is not able? At what point in my life, as the song say, did I start to determine that I could deny that the Lord could really do this? At what time, being a Christian coming on 53 years, did I have the, the, really the ability to do that at any time you want to? But really, is it really worth it to deny what? What the Lord has done. Not only has he done in the past, but he's going to do it in the future. It is about this. It is about honoring him. It is about giving to him. It is about the tithe. It's the treasure that God gives us. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Everybody say good measure. measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. With will be poured into your lap. In other words, sit down. It's coming to be able to hold on to it. Amen? You get a baby. What do you do? You sit down. We got a picture of Finley, our grandson, who's now 14, 6'2", about 200 plus. Holding back uh, 10 years ago, his little sister on his lap. And we said to him, Finley, what are you going to do if your mom and dad have a boy? He said, I'm going to cry. What are you going to do? He said, I want a sister. I said, what are you going to do when you have a sister? He said, I'm going to dance. I'm going to hug her. I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to sing to her. That day, we handed him that gift. Where did he, what did he do? He, we said to him, sit down. This gift we're giving you is too much for you to stand up and hold right now where you're at. He sat down, and we got a picture of him smiling. I love you, Remy. Sat in his lap. He's saying to us what God's gift he gives to us. It will be poured into our lap. For with the measure you use, the measure he gives back to you. If it is, we cry out to God. The second thing is this treasure. It's this trust. Now, they do fight sometimes. But, well, that's a whole different sermon. It's about trust. It's about trusting in him with our time, our talent, our treasure, our time. Our time is how we value him, reading through the word, spending time with him, seeking him. When we get to fasting, you'll see some ways you can do that. But it's that time when we spend to him. Here it is, the end of 2023. Who'd have thought we'd have lived this long? I remember when 67 was old. 
Now I think you can still get pimples at 67 and puberty's just still here. But it becomes this trust God with our time, the value of what we have. God, what can I do? I want to encourage you in this 2024 coming up. Don't make all these big promises. Plan for the day because this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice today. Rejoice in the fact that I can give, I can fast, I can pray. I can give, I can pray, I can fast. I can fast, I can pray, I can give. He mixes these up now and he's bringing them because there are principles for us to really share. It is a time value. It is a talent. What is your talent? You say, well, I can't sing. Good for you and the rest of us. (laughs) Well, I can't uh, dance. Sure you can. Just do it alone before the Lord. As David danced before the Lord, he didn't say he had an audience. Amen? Amen. When he talks about this whole talent, it is to, it is a time value, and the talent is obey. Everyone in this room, those that are watching online, have the unique ability to obey. But you know my husband did this. He said he was obeying the Lord, but it really turned out as a flop. He'll get over it. Sometimes we flop around. When you're the boat, Pam caught a fish one time and flopped around. To the fall and flop back in the ocean and give it another try at that fish. So it is about obeying. Sometimes we catch ourselves flopping around. Don't worry. God will bring you back to your pure nature, to where He works on you. And He challenges us and He gives us a talent. He gives us this talent so that when we obey Him, what are you called not so much to do all the time? What are you called to become? The Bible is extremely clear on this. We are called to become, to be transformed in Romans chapter 1, to be more like Jesus. He uses this whole, what are we going to become? What is our talent? He said it's kind of like the refiner in Jeremiah 18 where he goes down and he says, See the, 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 the uh, mason there? See the guy with the clay, the artist? Is he spinning it? And it comes out of flaw and what does he do? Some of us need to start over. I will not ask you to raise your hand, but I will say in the midst of your heart, I mean, y'all need to start over every once in a while. I'm not a very good golfer. I don't even, I haven't golfed in probably 10 years. My golf clubs are worth about 20 bucks in a garage sale. But I always liked whenever I would do a start over. They said, no, no, you can't do that. You can't put one of those tees in the middle of the fairway. I said, it's fair my way. When I put the toothpick in there, it's just a little stick. It won't hurt your feelings. And I hit it as hard as I can, and it goes, it just, it just goes into orbit and lands always about 10 feet in front of me. It goes, I thought it was how high you hit it. No, it's how low and how close to the ground you can hit it sometimes. But it is obey. When we have this talent, so I don't have those talents, but one time, I, what talent I do have is obey. When God says don't, He means do not do it. When God says give up the impurities in your life, he's saying to us, well, I thought you were talking about money is is really what he's saying here, but really he's taking a little deeper. What about your time? What about your treasure called your obedience that we say yes to what God is saying? Not a maybe, not a could be. At what point in my life did I stop and say it's okay for me to deny him? He said, don't watch that on TV. Let me give you a thing. He uses this word secret here, secret place. 
Let me give you a big warning of the Holy Spirit that I try to remember every day is this. If you're the only one that knows your secret, you're not in a good place. He says here in your secret place is where we're going to talk about your time. How much time you're spending. Your talent. Your talent is to obey. Really? After all these years of being a Christian, when I started to walk through this whole thing, I said, God, what's my talent? What's my talent? What's my talent? And the whisper of the Holy Spirit was this. Obey. Was it a voice? It was in my heart an impression that said, Obey is better than sacrifice. So it is about talent. It is about the treasure, the investment, the seed of a dream. You see, words are seeds. The words that I sow are the harvest that I grow. Are you saying, are you one of those, confess it, possess it, blab it, grab it? No, but I do know the Bible says, what a man says he is, he is. So if I say I'm a loser, I'm a loser, look at me, I look terrible, I look terrible, I look terrible. After a while, you're going to f- walk out of your house long face, doing all this stuff. You see these two gl- these glasses here? Uh, these were for my wife for Christmas. They're cool. They're see-through glasses. <laughs> I now look 66. I was 67 a few minutes. We, I'm cool. But really when it comes down to it. He's challenging us all over and over again. Invest your treasure in the what? Into the seat of your dream. Some of us need to change our lenses and look through some different lenses and stop saying we're not and start saying we are. We are more than able. Turn to somebody and say, you are more than able. In Luke, he says, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together running all over into your lap. What is it to trust of your time, your talent, your treasure? When we give, it contains part of your dream. When we give, it is a capsulized in a seed that God has given us. Who can I bless with my dream? I bless those two young people over there. I bless my daughter. You know what, too? This is what I've learned this last few months. Pour into somebody you can invest to. It's a financial term to invest. Pour into them. But remember this. No matter what age you are, they're pouring back into you. I asked my grandson one time, I said, what do you think about vision and all that? He said, Popsy, vision demands a response, and a response demands a vision. He was 12 years old. I talked to my granddaughter. I said, give me a dream. She said to me at her 10th birthday, this is kind of a private thing, first time for me to announce this, but I'll go ahead and announce it. She said to me, Popsy, when I turn 31, I was 66, I'm at 66 then. When I turn 31, I'm going to present to you a great-granddaughter. She did her hand just like, a great-granddaughter. I said, will I be coherent? I'll be 88. She said, Popsy, she uses her hands like her grandmother does. Popsy, you see what happens is that you need to realize you got to take care of yourself. I walked away from that, and I thought to myself, those are seeds, those are words. You can mock it any way you want to, gab it, grab it, all that kind of stuff, but when it really comes down to it, those are the kind of seeds I want those people I invest in to throw out there to say the dream. Let's give the Lord a hand clap offering. Some of us want to do that. 
It is about not chasing, don't chase after the critics in your life to get your approval. Chase after the, the creator who makes it possible. If we're not careful, we can concern about the critic who sits in the stands. I was at a, a baseball game one time, and this guy kept saying over and over and over and over and over again. With every pitch, pitch to the guy that was up there, he would yell, ball four. Ball four. Ball four. Every pitch. Ball four can't be every pitch. Ball four. Ball four. And I turned around and looked at him, and this guy behind me said, don't give in to the critic. Don't worry about him. Block him out. Do you know how true that is? So I yelled back. He yelled. It says, ball four. I started saying, home run. Home run. Grand slam, home run. And then the Holy Spirit dealt with me. He said, listen, don't be a smart aleck. Just block him out. He's a critic. I encourage you with your treasure that's being invested in you. Who's trying to destroy the seed? No one will be able to if we don't allow him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord. How does that come? Read the word. It comes with this whole gift of the giving, the gift. Number two. When you pray, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may see, be seen by men. Surely, I say to you, you pause there, you think about it, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut the door... Pray to your heavenly to your heavenly Father. What? Who is in the secret place? If you're the only one that knows your secret or think you know your secret, I'm wrong. You're wrong, because the Father, who's in the secret place, sees the secrets. Secret will reward you. You wanted to grow evil. Evil does not grow real well. You wanted to grow that? The secretness of your dark room? The secretness of your phone? The secretness of where you are at? The secret those places? All of us face them. The tough thing right now is the most unreached, gener- the own, own, most unreached people group right now around the world and here in America is the Z generation. That's the folks that were born like from 96 down. Z generation and they're here they're unreached what have we been telling them about our personal secret place and what do they know about their personal secret place if there's a secret it needs to be told find the right people to tell it to when you look across the desk or sit someplace at a restaurant And you're crying with somebody who is crying because they have messed up in the secret place. Just a moment. Just a few moments. Nobody can see. Becomes them smarter than the rest of them. He says here, that's where you pray. You see, how the Lord teaches us to pray is sometimes we're 
in the hospital where the Lord teaches us to pray. Maybe sometimes our money's run low and we've still been tithing, giving, and giving of our time, talent, and treasure, and our tongue, and the things that we say. It's those times that the ability to pray in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And the answer to that is amen, so be it. And if you were a student, if you were a teenager in the 70s, right on is the same as an amen. Right on. Is that we start to see that he works it out. Standing in his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, I love this song we sang this morning. I don't have it memorized yet, but I really enjoy it. It is this. Goodness. He's a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Let's not neglect our time with the Heavenly Father. Let's not stop seeking his face, talking to him, asking him, Lord, help me, speak to me. This morning, we think about what changes we need to make for 2024. This is an everyday change. It is to where is our treasure going? Where is our, our, our money going? He's given us the whole key, three things. The third, second one about prayer is we take time to pray. It is the love of God that surpasses all understanding and gives us. Second is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we talk about this part, it is when we really come to, and I love to illustrate this, uh, churches over and over again. It is this whole prayer when we come to the Father. It is for us to stand in His presence as we've been doing. And it is about kneeling. The first one is standing, saying, I love you. We did this during the whole worship time. We did this, and worship is really more than a song. That's where it starts. Worship is practiced in His presence everywhere we go. That's where He does that new work within us. That's where we're in the secret place. The second one is, when, when I start to pray, it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when I'm kneeling. That's when I'm kneeling and I'm saying, God, who is it that I need to forgive? Who is it that I need to forgive? Colossians chapter 3.13 says, even as Christ has forgiven you, also forgive. I've been asking for the Lord. I encourage you to do this. Find a Colin Bildy partner to do it. For me, it's Pam. And this is, I said, what's what I told her, uh, let's think of one word that we need to work on for the whole year of 2024 individually. Individually, because it will affect us as a couple and everybody we meet or the people we get close to. And the one word that I'm really working on this year is grace. Grace. Finding definitions. Making some of my own as the Holy Spirit deals with me. What is grace? It's been said, the stubborn love of God. That when I fall short, he keeps grabbing on to me. When I say no, he always pushes the yes to follow him. What is the grace of God? It is the stubborn love of God. We can go away from what he wants, but there's something about when I'm standing. I am saying to him and I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I stand in your presence because of your goodness, because you're a good, good father. You're the one that meets every need. Touch it. I just stand and I raise my hand saying you're a good father. Sometimes I turn with my palms up to say, I have a a priest in our community. uh, And I was talking to Father Ray and I said, Father Ray. Tell me about raising hands at your church. He said this. He said, this is how we do it. Empty-handed, I came into this world, and as sure empty-handed, I will leave. Lord, entrust me with the time you have to give me with the hands you do you filled. Lord, help me during this time of my worship that I practice your presence no matter where I go. I said, you're Catholic. 
Catholic just means unified church. But Catholic, I have learned a bunch from you today. Every time I would see him, I'd say to him, Father Ray, tell me something that will help me in my walk. And he tells me. But I, it has never left me. Lord, it's empty in these hands as I've come. I raise my palms up to you and it's empty in this world I will return. You heard that in Job, didn't you? When I pray, he said, then he said, I say to you, Lord, you own everything that I have, everything that I'll ever own. You entrust me with things that I can sometimes maybe trust myself with. But I come to you with empty hands and I say, Lord, I come to you and I want to practice your presence. When I start off praying, I stand like this. When I kneel, I say, God, I'm practicing your presence. I'm saying to you, Lord, I want to give you everything because even as Christ has forgiven me. And then I start to say, God, I want to put on the whole armor of God that I'm ready for the resurrection of each day. But I pray and I say, Lord, who is it I need to forgive? And one of the big thoughts that I had, one of the big thoughts I had was this. The Lord gave me this impression is this. Lord, if I forgive so-and-so, they don't deserve it. They hurt me. And he says, who have you hurt? Who have you spoken ill of? There's one story after 38 years of pastoring the same church that I tell it because it has a great outcome. And the great outcome now is the Holy Spirit dealt with me. No longer tell that story. You're bringing up something that shouldn't be brought up. But tell the finalize about the love of God within friends in the church. We want to tell the gruesome. God says, tell the glorious story. And I come to him and I say, Lord. And I say, Lord, if I forgive this person, what is, what, what is it? And he brings me back to this place to say this. Forgiving is not condoning. Forgiving is releasing them to me to let me deal with them. And you stop trying to fix them. You know, it's something when you're a Christian a long time, you start to realize after you're a Christian for a while, is that we start condoning our unforgiveness. Now, I don't know what somebody's done with everybody that's watched online or is here. You may have been betrayed, stolen from, lied to, brokenhearted, fill in the blank. But it is, Lord, I forgive them. Be Why, why, why? Colossians 3, 13, because you have forgiven me. You have forgiven me. And the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus teaches me this forgiveness. The third one about this whole pray is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. It is the relational ones with God that is love, joy, and peace. It's when I pray and I start to say the relationship with others, patience, kindness, and goodness. That's the same thing I want people to have with me. It's the relationship of myself where the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control of the Holy Spirit. Why is it John 5.15 says that you are the vine, I am the branches. That he is the one that does something greater within us because he is the life itself. He is the one. If you want to memorize scripture, one of the best ways I do it, believe it or not, my wife is a wonderful singer, my daughter is, my grandson is, my, do- my granddaughter is, is that is this, I just start singing them. Lamentations 3.25. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. If I'm off key, don't tell me because God hasn't told me yet. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Lamentations 3.23. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. 
Great is your faithfulness. I feel like a schoolboy when I was in the choir. I was the biggest kid. And all the choir, I was in the back row. If you're the music teacher, you put the tallest guy in the back and it all goes up like this. Here's the beauty of it. Is that he does call us to relationships out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 and 23. But then also uh, in telling us, he says this relationship with with God is love, peace, and joy. This relationship is patience, kindness, and goodness with relationships. If there's anything he doesn't cover up is your relationship is not well right now. How is it with your spouse? Pam and I have been doing marriage, get to get marriage things on Friday, Saturday morning, a few of them, Saturday, Friday night, Saturday, sometimes Saturday morning, a couple, and on Sunday in church, Sunday morning couples. We actually have fights so that we'll have something to talk about. It would be a very boring uh, gathering conference. Very boring. Extremely boring. But since we engage in those things, how many of all you and your spouse every once in a while uh, argue a little? Raise your hand. How many of y'all argue a lot? Raise your hand. I charge two twenty-five an hour to counsel, and no, I'm just kidding. Let me give you the, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. I sing that. Yesterday I was studying some more and I started singing that. And my daughter and wife and grandchildren started to say, where is that coming from? (laughs) The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Why? Because they're new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. I learned that when I was about uh, 16 or 17, been saved for a couple years. And I would walk down the hallway of our school with my Jesus t-shirts on. They would say, turn or burn. I had one that said, hell no, I won't go. And I got called into the principal's office. And he said, Hal, we really appreciate your influence in our school. You play football, you wrestle, all those things, but we're going to give you a Rhodes High School t-shirt. He's the most gracious guy. You don't have to be so blunt about, you know, Jesus. I go to church too, so... So I put that on. I went home and I told a few of my buddies at church, I got persecuted. They're getting on to me. They're doing this. And the Holy Spirit said, where in the world were, were you in that meeting? That was the kindest, lovest exchange of, of discipline in life. And the impression came to me this. Stop telling them you're a Christian, but don't let them be surprised when they find out. Why is that? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Why? They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. It really is about him. It's about spending time with him. Standing. 
coming and kneeling and saying, Lord, who is it I need to forgive? What do I need to do? It is about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When I start to realize that these relationships with God, with others, and with myself, it really comes down to Lamentations 3.23, that I start to grow. Psalms 118, that I start to grow. Colossians 3.13, that I start to grow in what God has. The third one is this. And I'll just take a little bit with this one because I'm sure we want to go eat. When you fast. When you fast, he says in Matthew 6, 18, 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites who stand on the corner and disfigure their faces. That they may appear to be men uh, to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So that you do not appear to be... Men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. All three of this, he drives us to that secret place where nobody sees. He challenges us when you give, not if, when you give. Not because of guilt and condemnation, when you give. When you give, it shows where your, where your heart is at. When you give... I'm going to put on your lap more than you could ever contain on your own. When you give, who is in secret place, your father who sees the secret will reward you openly. When you fast, the purpose of fasting is for hearing from God, hearing and knowing God. It really is about when we come together and let this whole deal. Now, fasting, uh, biblically fasting through the years that I've learned, it's all been around food. Could be the Daniel fast that all you eat for 21 days is uh, no wheats, no meats, and no sweets. It could be that God speaks to your heart to quit eating uh, sugar. It could be whatever it is, food. Now it has kind of grown to where we say to people, eat what you want. But keep in mind that your molars, your mental molars that you take in, your body is the sum total of what you've eaten over the last 67 years. A lot of donuts. <laughs> so it is with your spiritual mind. Your spiritual conversation, your confession, is what we've spiritually ate on for all these years. And that's what's being coming out. So he says to us, he's given us a challenge. It, maybe the challenge could be to us, how about not being on the internet unless it's your job of any kind for, for three days? Because 21 days might venture into a heart attack, I don't know, but it would be uh, just working. Just thinking about it. I shut off my phone for three days and I turned it on and it said, where have you been? So when you, when we look, when we start to think about it, there's other ways we can fast, although biblically it talks about, but the main principle of fasting is really that we stop something so we spend time with the Lord We deny something so we won't deny him. We put it to where the whole time we're looking to him. Here's one, Esther. Here's a reach one, Esther. I know a few people that fast 40 days before. It wasn't me. 21 days. Daniel fast, vegetable fast. They're not uh, diets. They are fasts, biblical fasts. Please look them up to consult your doctor. You always have to put that in there because they'll tell them people do. Esther fasted three days. Before she went to see the king. 
Sometimes a three-day fast can clarify your mind so you go talk to whoever you need to talk to. But they're for three things. I'll give them to you real quick. It is for fast for direction. Pam and I will spend next week, week after next rather, spending time looking at the ministry we have that we've been doing for almost a year now, really been doing for years, but just that's all of our focus is pastoring pastors, ministering their wives and families, doing those kind of things. We'll get together and reevaluate. We want to grow it. We want to build a prayer team. We want to uh, build a team of people to check on ministers that are physically unable or not doing well, everything from MS to strokes to whatever they're going through, them and their spouses. We want to do some of those things that will come from a time of fasting. It will come a time to say, God, we need some direction. The second thing that fasting is, it's a time of devotion. It is a devotion of our whole heart to look at it. Try it for three days. If you're physically able, don't fast. If you're taking medicine, do whatever you need to do for that. Just really use some godly sense. Once again, get educated. But it really comes down to the fast of devotion. The third one is the fast Because you're desperate to see God do something. Pam and I are walking in a time of saying, God, you've been blessing us with what we've been doing. We meet some of the finest people in the whole world here. And uh, Pastor Jason and his wife and the leadership here, the people that we met, the team that is here. We met some of the finest people, but there's a whole lot of churches like this, like you all. That that the pastor needs a break, those kind of things. But here's the beauty of it is. It is the desperate of what does God want us to say yes to. It's not just doing something. It's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. That you be transformed by renewing your mind. That we'll do what's acceptable and right. That he forms us, like in Jeremiah 18, to where when he breaks off the clay, what was in the inside reveals what was on the outside. That when we go through broken times, that it is a time of direction. It is a time of devotion. And the third one is, it is a time to be desperate. To say, God, I'm desperate to see you do something far beyond me. I'm desperate for you to give me a new hunger for the word, to read the word. Being a Christian 52 years, I still pray, Lord, give me a new love for your word. Because I need it. Father, in Jesus' name, God, make us desperate. Cause to devotion. It will take giving because it reveals where our heart is materially. Reveals where our heart is when we read the word. It will take giving of our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tongue. Where are the things that we've been saying, God, that are just not where we need to be? God, and it will take for us to pray. And what you're trying to teach us is forgive. When I forgive, I'm not condoning the sin or the hurt I'm not acting like nothing didn't happen. I'm saying, Lord, I do my part, and I surrender, God. Show me how, to, how not to do your part. Help me do my part. God, I forgive so-and-so, and I'm not going to stop. Because when we don't forgive, we become like what we can't stand. And, Father, we ask you, by your grace, to touch this church. Let the Spirit of the Lord do something so fantastic, so magnificent, so colossal, so wonderful. To those that are watching online, God, to those folks that are here, to those that are watching this later, later, God, help us. Because if we're the only one that knows our secret, we're not in a good place. 
Help us to gather a few friends that love God and love us to be accountable. But the big thing is be accountable to you. To close this year and go into the next year, there's some things that you're going to go through you don't know anything about right now. There's some things that you do know about. And we guess, we're trying to guess how they'll turn out when really, when we forgive, when we walk in faith, when we stand in his presence where there's fullness of joy and we kneel and we say, God, help me to forgive. And then we just lay down and we say, God, I ask you, Lord, transform my whole life to become more like you. Because it's what you do, God. You're a good, good father. And the things that you do within our heart, God, change and transform us. Let's all stand. I don't know how long we go, but I want to open up the front if people want prayer, need prayer. If you have prayer partners, come on up. I don't know how you do offering here, uh, but they'll hold the plates, I guess, when you leave. Please do that. Those who give online, thank you for giving online to this uh, body of believers. Um, But it really is a time now after laughing and looking around, seeing some tears in people's eyes during the time of teaching and sharing. And seeing how God can do something so magnificent, so real, it's really about coming and saying, God, change my whole secret place. Clean out my secret place. I'm not a bad person. It's not a good... Jesus didn't come to make uh, bad people good or good people better. He came because we need to walk in repentance and ask Jesus to forgive me my sins and come live in my heart be my Savior. Then after that is to grow to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that is to read the word. That is to pray, to give, and to fast. That is to get closer to him. It's about discipleship. And so the prayer partners that come, but as they lead us in a song, Pam and I will be up here. Jamie, come on up, and uh, other people are going to pray. My grandkids want to pray for you. They can. But it's not about us. It's about whatever the team is here. But we want to take just a few minutes before we say goodbye to this year. And next year you'll be able to shout the roof down with pastor here is that, uh, let's say, if you need prayer, we want to come and pray before we close in prayer. Let's come now in Jesus' name. Prayer team is uh, here, and then my, uh, my wife and them, come on up. Elders that are here, prayer partners, friends, let's come in Jesus' name. Father, we just declare blessing on these folks. God, we ask you to change us, those that are watching online, that we thank you, God, that interruptions we have sometimes really turned out to be you doing something new in our life. Help us this year coming up of 2024, repent on how we've treated the secret place. Ask forgiveness and how we've treated the secret place. And we ask you, Lord, in all the years of following you, It really comes down to, don't tell anyone you're a Christian, but don't let them be surprised when they find out. God, this is more than preaching to people. This is letting our life speak. Father, I pray that this year is a year of giving, praying, fasting, and obeying, God. Obeying is all you can give us out of the secret place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you, thank you. I watch it online, folks. Thanks. I don't know how you do offering, but they'll have the giving boxes in the back or the plates. Giving boxes in the back. Giving boxes in the back. Thank you. I should know that as many times I've been here.
God bless you.